0: Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington, and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. The message that I have today is called Making Room for God. Months and months ago, I read this scripture in Second Kings 4 verse 8 to 37 about the prophet Elisha and I said to Steve oh my gosh that is such an amazing scripture like how do you put that into context like how do you bring a message from that I was randomly looking at C3 New York City on Instagram as you do and I watched a one minute snippet of Josh Kelsey's message about the armour so I was like oh cool I'll go into Podbean and I'll listen to that So I did, but pretty much what I got from the message was in the one-minute clip, you know? And then I was like, oh, just scroll down and see what other messages they've got. And because I'd already been thinking that I want to speak about making room for God, and there was a message titled Making Room for God, so I was like, oh, interesting. But it's never really good to listen to a message if that's what you're going to preach on because, you know, it confuses you. But I had no idea, but it was Phil Pringle, He was in New York the week before Christmas and he shared this, anyway, he starts talking and it's amazing and I'm going to give him credit today, Pastor Phil, because a lot of what I'm speaking is stolen from his message, but it's okay, it's all good stuff. But he started preaching and he said all this stuff and he said, okay, so in 2 Kings 4 and I was like, oh my word oh my goodness, are you serious? And he unpacked it so beautifully and I was just like hit with a godstick like I said to Vince. I was like, wow, that is it. That is what I'm preaching on. That is what I'm bringing. And then I opened up my Bible today, my Bible in a year, because who knows, we had an extra hour, so we had time. Um, And I can't believe it. Today's devotional is all about prioritising his presence. And I was like, God, you can stop speaking now. I'm going to church. (laughs) So today's message is titled Making Room for God. I've got a lot of scripture, but I'll unpack it. Thanks, Michael. We sussed the AV in the end, didn't we? Awesome. So I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read to you from 2 Kings 4, verse 8 to 37. I'm going to read the full story, and then I'm going to come back to it at different parts in my message, okay? So it's about the prophet Elisha. One day, Elisha went on to Shunim, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, "'Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God "'who is continually passing our way.' Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested there and he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say now to her, see you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. Then it says in verse 18, when the child had grown, so it gets a little bit sad, but I'll help you in a minute. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, carry him to his mother, and when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door behind him, and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain, to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, did I ask my, did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply and lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. "'Therefore he returned to meet him and told him, "'The child has not awakened. "'When Elisha came into the house, "'he saw the child lying dead on his bed. "'So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them "'and prayed to the Lord. "'Then he went up and lay on the child, "'putting his mouth on his mouth, "'his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. "'And as he stretched himself upon him, "'the flesh of the child became warm. "'Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house.' and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. That's a lot of scripture, but isn't it an amazing story? So this wealthy woman that said to her old wealthy husband, Let's make room. Let's make room for God. Let's not just have his presence on a Sunday or cruise on a Wednesday, but let's make some room in our home for him. You'll be so surprised what he can do with a little room. You'll never find room. You have to make room. You know, if you're trying to find room, you'll never find it. Something will always steal the time. I've got birthdays, in-laws, football games, board games. There's always something that will steal. You need to protect the room. You know, because there's room in this lady's house, Elisha stays. Every time he passes, he stays there. You know, God will always stay where there is room. He wants to stay. And the feeling of his presence is indescribable. Pastor Phil says... (laughs) You know, trying to explain what the presence of God feels like. You can't. He says it's like trying to explain what does a banana taste like? A banana? I'm like, that is such a great analogy. He's like, here, have a banana, taste it. It tastes like a banana. <laughs> and it's the same with the presence. In Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, "O taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe you're here and you think I've never actually felt him. like I can walk into church, I can do this, Like I just don't feel him, but I know that as we make room, this is a new thing for me too, so I'm not up here trying to tell you how to suck eggs. I'm up here because this is quite a real fresh thing in my life, and I know that as you make the time, and I don't mean, reading your Bible is fantastic, Praying is amazing, but actually, for me, like, this is what it looks like, okay? I'm just gonna, gotta do some exercise here. This is what it looks like for me, okay? On my knees, because if I sit down, I get too comfortable and I can lean back and close my eyes and go to sleep. If I lie on my bed, that's dangerous. So lately, I've just been on my knees, and I just say, Holy Spirit, come, come. And the first thing that comes to my mind is what's for dinner, is the washing hung, what time is it, how long have I been on my knees? But it's so true, like as soon as you get into that place, all the distractions and any person of God will tell you that, that as soon as you get into that space, but you have to make room. It doesn't happen walking around your house or driving in your car or having a shower or you have to actually carve out the time and the space and you need to prioritise that. But initially for me, and just so you know, you're never in trouble. Like God only has good thoughts towards you. Like you can be thinking my life is like a tornado or a sandstorm or like what the heck is even my life? It sucks. But you get on your knees and he only wants to hang out with you and eat pizza with you. Like he just actually... He just wants to love on you. And so for me, I have to, I'm a real, like, I have to, I actually say this, I give my head permission to connect with my heart and I have to say that. I give my head permission to connect with my heart. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. And like, I'll just say like a few things and then I'll just like take some deep breaths and then, man, he turns up. And then before you know it, it's like half an hour, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do that again. Like, that's what it's like for me. And he never, like, yes, it's awesome. You can confess your sins and be sorry and repent and be washed clean. And that's awesome. And I do, not saying I don't do all of that stuff, but sometimes I just think just to be, just to be with him is so important. Um I'm pretty sure um I have a verse about that somewhere in here. <laughs> uh. But I just want to encourage you. If you don't know how to do it or what to do, just be like me and just make it up. God turns up. Like the Holy Spirit just hits me. And I get that, like, gut cry, you know, that, you know, when it's, like, right there, and, like, the presence of God just crushes me. It's, like, amazing, and I'm no different to you. I'm not any more whole or better or perfect than any of you. I am just me, and just because I create that space and give him permission to just, like, be with me, it's amazing. So I just want to encourage us to make room. We need to prioritise that. You know, because this um, Shunammite, if I got that right, um, woman made room, her dream was fulfilled, right? She had a son. And in verse 18, when the child was 12 and went to work with his father and got heat stroke, where did she take him? back to the room and the prophet went to the room you know in that room her dreams were not only birthed but her dreams were resurrected and I think that's so important the same place she was told you will have a son her son came back to life You know, I think some of us have the wrong view of God. Like, we're scared. If we tell God, like, we, I really want to go to London. And he's like, hey, hey, you're going to Mexico. Like, that's not God. But honestly, I remember being a young adult and just thinking, I can't tell God what I, like, my dreams and desires, and because he's, it's, I just know. Like, I've just got to make it happen myself. But God is not like that. He's kind, he's for you. He doesn't give you a dream to tease you and he doesn't want you to have a stink life. Let him guide you. But I also want you to know that God is often slow and slower than we want him to be. But he, like our dreams, like it's it's so important to give him the reins to your life. And if I knew what I know now when I was, you know, 20 years ago, I wish I knew. You know, Revelation 3 verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Like he just... Like, how long? How long must he knock? What level of knock does it take for us to hear his voice? He wants to hang out with us. All we have to do is open the door. You could even open it that much. Like, seriously, he can fit. He can fit through a tiny gap. We don't have to, you know, if you're like freaking out, you don't have to be like, "Woo! here's my life. Come on in. You can just open it a little bit. You'll be so surprised what he can do with a tiny bit of, oh yeah, God, okay, come on. Like, you don't have to be afraid. He is so, he just is so for you, so for you. Here's the verse I was looking for, Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. This verse in the last couple of months, I've been thinking, why is that in the Bible? Like, why do we have to be told to be still? Well, anyone that lives in this world around us knows that because we are never still, and I think Jesus knew what our life would turn out to be and to remind us that we must be still. But for me, when I'm just carving out that time to be in his presence, I'm honestly, usually, amongst crying and other things, quite still. And it's just so refreshing. And I read... um, Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So I actually declare that. I'm like, God, you said in the Bible that if I wait for you, you'll renew my strength, so get to work. And I just honestly just sit there and I'm like, you've got to renew me. Renew my strength. Do it. I'm here and it's amazing because I have an option some days. Like, don't laugh at me or judge me, but some days I can sleep or spend time with Jesus. Like, that's just being honest. Like, I can have a day sleep because my two year old sleeps still. Praise God, he's nearly three. You will sleep till you are five. And, um, but I have a choice. I'm like, I can either get on my knees or I can have a sleep. And days, especially on a Monday, I'm so exhausted. But, like, every time. I have time in his presence. It's so much better than the day's sleep. So declare his promises over your life and know that he will renew your strength as you wait upon the Lord. Is anyone here impatient or is it just me? Oh man, thanks, I'm honest hands here. Man, our microwave broke. The sun smashed the hinges off it passed his kid, smashed the hinges off the microwave. Um, True story. Um, But it's like, oh my gosh, I can't soften the butter. I can't reheat my coffee. I've been drinking cold coffee. Um, I know, Abby, I know. You cannot bring your half-drunk coffee to my house and heat it up. Girlfriend, you've got to drink it before you get there. Um, Anyway, I just... I just want you to learn to just be with Jesus and to breathe. And you know, if you remember dating, and if you don't remember dating, it's don't worry, it's around the corner. You'll be dating in no time. But do you remember? <laughs> Married 13 years. Um, how are you? Good. What are you doing? Talking to you. <gasps> Oh, I should go. Yeah, yeah, I probably should. What have you been doing? Oh, nothing, like since the five minutes ago that you rung me. Um, you go, okay, okay, we'll count on three. We're gonna hang up. Okay, three, two, one. You didn't hang up. You didn't hang up. Hang up, no. Oh, oh okay, but do you remember that? Does anyone remember that? I remember the days of $20 prepay cards and I would sit at the Shell, because it was Shell, not Z, petrol station and I would buy a top-up and I would spend the whole thing talking to Steve and then go back in and buy another one and top-up. Seriously, I would spend like $60 or $80 on one phone call. I know. That is ridiculous. But... For those stupid conversations. Like, we're just like hanging out on the phone together. We're not even doing anything. I mean, like, we're talking, but really, there's no news. We just saw each other. <laughs> but that's what it's like being with God. You know, you don't always have to be praying and reading your word and all of that stuff. You can just be like, yeah, cool, God. Let's just chill. Let's just breathe together. And I really want to encourage you with that. And I want you to help me as well. And I want to help us. And I'm nearly done. Woo, everyone said, yay. I just want you to know that making room for God is the most important thing we will do. All we have to do is invite him in. And maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never... This is a new thing for me, the knees thing, because I'm a mother, and there's always stuff to wipe and do and stuff. Um, So I actually have to do it. And if you haven't done it before, give it a go. Let me know. Like, get on your knees this week and just be like, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. And you'll be so surprised. His presence, like I've said, is indescribable. And we all know this. This is not like, whoa, this is a new thing. Everyone knows this. If you follow Jesus, you will know that the most important thing is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, I wanna say mind, soul, and strength, but you know, pretty much all of us. That's the number one, right? That is the one thing we're meant to do above all else and then love our neighbour. We all know it, but for some reason, it's the one thing that gets squeezed. Well, I know for my life, we can't fit God into our schedule. We need to create habits. We need to create the room. And I hate to say it because I'm really practical, but I'm gonna tell you, you need to get to bed on time. You need to get rest. In the Bible, uh, when he taught the disciples how to pray, give us this day our daily bread, which lets me know that spending time with Jesus is the first thing when you get up, which is what Phil Pringle does, the first hour of every day, regardless of his schedule, where he is, where he's preaching, what part of the continent he's in or country, The first hour of every day is God's. And I think, man, that's amazing. Imagine being that person that does that. And if you're here and you do that, I honour you. Like, that is amazing. Come and rub off on me and encourage me. But you need to get to bed on time so you can get up on time. Because who knows if you don't go to bed at a decent hour, (laughs) hey, girls, (laughs) that it's hard when your alarm goes off. Oh my gosh. That's right, FaceTime with Jesus. Oh my gosh, but the bed's so warm. But if you went to bed on time, it would be easier. So just create disciplines around that. And just finishing, um, yeah, so the presence, yeah, so make this your highest, highest priority. This is what you were created for. The presence of God satisfies your deepest need. Not spending time with Jesus is the biggest mistake you can make in your spiritual life. Just this week, um, my pastor from when I was growing up, his son tragically died at the age of 39, married with three kids. Terrible head injury that was unrecoverable so they had to turn his machine off In this morning I got sent his funeral on video so I've watched a little bit but his brother did his eulogy and it was so amazing like this pastor's kid who just followed Jesus hardcore his whole life like served turned up if there was a working bee he was there you know he just eulogy was amazing and they talk about how he just prioritized his relationship with Jesus and I'm like this guy is not even 40 and I made me think I wonder what people would say about me Like, would people say that oh yeah she like followed Jesus she was like passionately in love with him you know she never missed a devotional she never missed time with Jesus like I'm like whoa I think I've got some homework to do but I just It made me think, far out. This guy has just, his whole life, because when you're raised in a church, sometimes it's hard to stay the course, right? But he has stayed the course, and now he's in a better place, which is so amazing. But I just wanna um, pray for us now. That is um, the end of my notes, and it's 1202, pretty awesome. Um, I just want to pray and if anyone wants prayer, if anyone wants to chat, if anyone wants encouragement around um, hanging out with Jesus because I know that I need you to remind me and check in on me just as much as you might want me to do the same for you. Let's do this together. Um, I know we're going to be better people for it and being in that place of his presence and, and being renewed and rest and You know, we talk about this, you know, operating out of the overflow, but yeah, I just, I hope this has helped and encouraged you and inspired you to set your alarm, to make room like the Shunammite woman did. Awesome, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you make yourself available to us, that you just knock, and you will come in and be with anybody who opens the door to you. You don't look to see who it is or look to see what turmoil or you know goodness is in our life. You just come and be. And you love on us. And your presence is so so real and so fulfilling and so satisfying. Oh Jesus, help us to create disciplines to make rooms in our home and our lives where we can hang out with You and find out who You are and find out who we are. There's no place like Your presence, Jesus.